yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I tune into the HBCU sports lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, she's tired. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, they know what they be talking about. Yeah. They can press the analytic data with your hip hop if you know them like I know them. Yeah. They gonna tell you if your team if they want to love. Yeah. Yeah. So listen to Professor Yes Sir. Yes, and pay attention because he gonna teach. This is Dr. Cavill with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Charles Bishop. Mike Washington, Mike Washington, and Charles Bishop. In this case, both of them out of assignment. We might see Charles sneak in here as he's on the plane ride. He should have landed by now, so he's probably trying to rush to get home. Hopefully, he didn't have any delays. Hopefully, he didn't fly southwest with the all-day fiasco. Uh, well, actually, he did, so that may be the problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as you hear, we have AD Drew, so we'll be just fine, and we'll get it all in, so we'll work through all that. We don't have our good friend B.J. Jones. Uh, let's lift him in prayer. Also, um, one of our lab listeners in terms of her mom, we want to um, pray for her, too. I won't say her name because I hadn't been uh, directly contacted to make sure that she's fine with that, but it was posted in the link. So we do want to be prayerful for those individuals and just all, particularly on this Sunday morning. So I hope all are doing well. I know there are some uh Prairie View Panthers that are doing really well this morning and it might be several homecoming folks that need to be a little prayerful, but usually after homecoming, they get it in there. With that being said, let me do this intro and then I'm going to go straight to you, Drew, and see what's on your mind. Welcome to episode 197 of Inside the HBC Sports Live Radio Show and podcast, the show that's covering the sporting HBC dash for all things HBC sports, from institutions large and small, from NEIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information. On the HBCU sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs and the business of HBCU sports. Uh, if you hadn't had a chance, go back and check yesterday to watch party. It's something that you need to watch during your weekend. Uh, whether you're at a game, you're at home, it shows all the games, and we talked through it, um, led by Brian. You see all the folks that are on the BCSN network chime in over a period of time and do that. Obviously, A.D. Drew heads up the Knights of the Roundtable with the HBCU Pro Sports Media, so check those things out. The reason I said check out yesterday's action, we had a great discussion on attendance and a couple other business platforms associated uh, with HBCU Sports, so you might enjoy some of that business talk. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. As I said, they're out on assignment. We are filming from our home studios in getting it done as we are in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas, with that rain-delayed game that had me all up all night, but I had my business partner with me, my son, Deuce, who was up to it. He's sleeping in now, so the wife is really happy about that, but we'll see how that works out. A.D. Drew, I know you wanted to come in and also open up some things. What's on your mind at this point? First of all, uh, while we're giving uh, prayerful thoughts, uh, let's not forget our colleague, uh, Michael Coker, uh, HBCU Pro Sports Media 
November, uh, Black College Nine reporter, and we called him the guru of HBCU baseball, uh, lost his mother last week, and uh, they laid her to rest, I believe, over this weekend. So uh, let's also uh, keep that Coca family in prayer also. Now, uh, certainly a great point. Thank you for making sure we got that in there. Now, with that being said, let's also uh, say a prayer for home homecoming team, as it seems like <laughs> no one can win their homecoming. You know, I was uh, at one of my alma maters, uh, Tuskegee, yesterday. Uh, Add, add them to the list of teams who uh, buried their homecoming chances. And to top it off, I thought, okay, when I get out, when I get out of there, I can at least go watch FAMU beat Valley because when I was there, FAMU was ha handling Valley very handily. But as soon as I leave the stadium and get to a location at an alumni event, I rather scared the you know what out of me. We'll say the uh, bejesus out of me to keep it uh, PG. Yeah, we'll go into a little more detail, but you're right on the money in perfect timing. First, let me say today's episode of Inside HBC Sports Lab is sponsored by THG Agency LLC. THG Agency is a company that provides sporting and educational consulting and data analytics. We're going to add something this morning, which will get into some of the points that you're talking about. These. Road wins, several of them, homecoming road wins, uh, were a theme of today. Let's get into uh, Dr. Ville's HBCU major division and mid-major top 10 scores and see how your thoughts are, maybe how this will affect some of these rankings that some teams did fall. This is from Inside the HBCU Huddle Report. With that being said, the number one Jack State Tigers defeat Bethune-Cookman Wildcats 40. Two to twelve, they get it done uh, as they were at home. But then you had the number two Caribbean Panthers, which go on the road and spoil homecoming of the number eight Southern Jaguars, forty-seven to twenty-one. Jaguars have two losses on the season. Prairie remains undefeated and seeking to control it. You see the eviction notice there. That's what's going around, boy. I say. <laughs> uh, However, as A.D. Drew says, he was a little nervous, but the number three Florida Ramblers did go on the road and get it done as they hold off the pesky Mississippi Valley State Delta. That was 31 to 24, if you would, there. Well, actually, it was the three-point game, excuse me. But the key part of that game that some people are struggling with is Valley had a chance late in that game to go for a field goal that would have tied it up at 31. So it was 31-28. Um, they chose to go for a first down to see if they could get a new set of downs and maybe get in the end zone, waste a little more time, and probably sneak out of there with the win. Um, they took a little time out to discuss it because they had sent the field goal team. They pulled them off, and they decided to go for it. Bold call, valley. Some people like it. Some people don't. As you can hear by now, they didn't get it. The running back slips as he goes towards the first down marker and rather snuff it out, get it done. Wow. The number four Norfolk State Spartans go on the road for a homecoming disposal of the Howard Bison. 45-31, high-scoring action going back and forth. Fourth as Howard could get it down to seven several times but could not get a key stop to maybe try to tie up the game or even go for two in their case. 
Number five, Alcorn State Braves travel to Houston to defeat Texas Southern Tigers. It was not a homecoming, but they go on the road and get it done. Uh, with, in the fourth quarter, that was a seven-point game, and then the Braves explode and win the game 44-27. The Hampton Pirates put number six North Carolina State Aggie fans on the ledge, as Charles would say it, as Hampton Pirates defeat the Aggies 30-9 and really beat them up physically in a lot of ways in that matchup. So check on your Aggie friends out there. Number seven, Tennessee State Tigers travel on the road at Eastern Illinois as they shut out the Panthers 28-0. to zero. Number nine, Alabama State Hornets, and number 10, Alabama Annual Bulldogs were open this weekend. Mid-major scores, if you would. The number one Langston Lions go on the road and defeat the previous undefeated Ottawa Spirit team 44-41. to 41. So Langston Lions take control of their conference, the Sumer Athletic Conference, SAC, as they continue to get it done. The number two buoy, State Bulldogs, show their bite on the road as they take down number eight, Virginia Union Panthers, a game that really wasn't this close. They win 27-7. to We have a chance. We'll interview the coach shortly. Number four, Albany State Golden Rams make a statement as they shut out the number three, Savannah State Tigers, 30-0. to Yes, 30-0. to they wouldn't even let the Tigers get on the scoreboard. The number five Fayetteville State Broncos defeat St. Augustine Falcons 40-12. They're probably one of the best teams that nobody talks about in terms of how they're playing really good this season. The Shaw Bears defeat the winless Johnson C. Smith Golden Bulls 20-14. The Miles Golden Bears get a huge victory on the road at number seven Kentucky State Thoroughbreds 28-21. Miles Golden Bears have this up-and-down season, but they have a chance. Uh, now, with things in their own control, to play for SIEC championship. Who would have imagined that a couple of weeks ago? Number also, nine, Florida State defeat Clark Atlanta 40-7. And number 10, Lane Dragons quiet the crowd in their defeat of Tuskegee Golden Tigers 21-17. What did you want to say about the Miles Golden Bears and Tuskegee? Also, uh, when you look at Miles, they are undefeated in the division, believe it or not. So that's going to go a long way. It the mess in the West, as I like to call it, when they come to uh, <laughs> because there will there's there's no way there will not a, be a tie at the end of the season. There's almost no way there will not be a tie, either a minimum of two way, possibly even a three way tie. And you know, two way you go to head to head, but three way that's what that division record is going to play in. And like you said, Miles has that right now. Being, I believe, four and zero in the division with only one division game left, and that being, uh, unfortunately, Tuskegee. Man, no problem like that. Is there any score, any score in regards to other scores that kind of stood out to you that were important that we should point out? I know uh, many of the scores will go through it, but I just wanted to kind of limit that as we get prepared for this interview. Any other scores that stood out to you this weekend? Doc, I think you and I may be the only people who have been on the Langston bandwagon all year long. Thank you. Thank you. Langston went out in a, in a shootout and, and narrowly defeated Ottawa. That game almost guarantees them a spot in the NAIA playoffs. So, you know, let's see how your voters – 
the BCSN rankings and the HBCU Pro Sports Media Association voters and some of these other polls give credit to Langston for that victory because Ottawa is no punk team. You know, Ottawa is one of the top teams in the in, in AIA. So it's not all down here yet for Langston because they still have a tough schedule to finish out. But Langston is uh, definitely in control of their own destiny and almost assured a playoff spot. As we get prepared to go to this break, we got South Carolina State defeats Delaware State on the road, but it was just 13 to 7. Don't look out now. South Carolina State Bulldogs are 3 and 4 and 2 and 0 and doing what many people thought they would do in the division. Uh, looking like a collision course for Norfolk State. I do want to ask you this. How far uh, does Southern drop in terms of the poll rankings uh, with that loss they had, as well as North Carolina a and uh, okay. In terms, as you said, the voters, I want to know your personal thoughts and maybe how far you would drop them, or in general, do you see those teams dropping this week uh, in the poll rankings? And we'll stick to your poll since we are on uh, the show. I believe A&T was six and Southern was eight. Am I correct that's, on that? That's, that's correct. You got it. Okay, start off with number six, A&T, in a non-competitive game against Hampton, who was – Hampton had dropped out. I, I'm, I'm yeah, they off. dropped out the week before. They, they had dropped, before, out. dropped out the week before. Obviously, you have to consider putting Hampton back in at that number number 10 slot. Good call. The problem is A&T should be about eight or nine. But when you got two teams right there together and the team below them has the head-to-head, do you bump that team up? That's that's what's going to be interesting about you because they should be really back-to-back. In theory, A&T should be ahead of Hampton, except for the fact Hampton has a head-to-head. Was that head-to-head enough to vault Hampton over A&T in that 9-10 area? Southern, holler. I, I like the way you. I like the way you. I like the way you think. Let's go to this break. This is Doctor Bill inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, and Charles Bishop sitting in. Well, the fellas is AD Drew breaking down thoughts of the day. We'll be right back with this great interview. Stick with us. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service with Slowburn. Visit our website www. SlowBurnWaco.com. SlowBurn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. It's more than a mobile lounge. It's an environment and an experience rich in history, luxury, and personality. An elegant extension of any celebration occasion. It's the perfect escape and meeting place. A space where you can relax or enjoy a shared passion. Have Slowburn plan your next big event or before you are planning to celebrate your win over your athletic rivals, you can shop our collections at www.slowburnwaco.com. But if they want to tap, uh, I'm going to do the dab, yeah. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride Enjoy Children's Boutique 
helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. This is Carlos Brown, letting you know that we're on the move. You can now catch the Carlos Brown Show beginning this July on the Black College Sports Network each and every Saturday from 11 to 1 Eastern Time. That's 10 to 12 Central Time. Same time, new place. On Facebook at the Coles Brown Show and Black College Sports Network. Online at www.mybcsn.net. And on the BCSN app, available on Google Play and the Apple App Store. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're gonna tell you if your team, if they want a lot left, and who the ball, ball, So listen to Professor Yesa and pay attention because he's gonna teach a lesson. This is Dr. Neil with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, they're on assignment as they were on the road this weekend evaluating teams. Such as Bowie State. So they in the airport across the country trying to get it done. Some of them went down there and saw what you did in Virginia, Coach. Uh, proud of you. We have A.D. Drew with us. And we have none other than what is now the legendary coach to come through Bowie State Bulldogs. 11th year, national champion of the mid-major division, playoff participant, winner, top 10 ranking. Number two, number one in different poll rankings. I know you don't get in all that, Coach, but we need exactly. to see your accolades. People need to understand that you're getting it done, Coach. How you doing? I'm doing great, and I appreciate you guys for having me this morning. Man, no doubt. It is our honor and our pleasure to talk with such a distinguished coach that is, man, making a name for his institution all over the place. Man, that is really good. Let me just straight up and ask you this question first before we get into some of this stuff. Coach, how are you getting it done? <laughs> I got great coaching staff, and, and I got a great uh, senior-led ball club. You know, our guys really uh, fight for one another and sacrifice for one another. And these guys, you know, you go as a, as a program, you're only going to go as far as your players want to take you. And uh, we had a group of guys that really want to accomplish some things that haven't been done before. So I'm excited just to be the head coach and, and, and lead the charge. Yeah, you know, I know some of the coaches over there, they, they uh, blessed us over at Prairie View. Indeed. Uh, got us a championship. Um, some of you yourself over there at Texas Southern trying to teach us how to do a couple of things around over there right. uh, before y'all decided to go back home and take your talents home. So make sure you tell Coach Sue, the I other know. Bulldog faithful that get it done. Frazier, I know he was in the mix. He went over to Maryland as he's right. revitalizing his crew. Make sure you tell those gentlemen and those fellas that Dr. Ville still says thank you and uh, really appreciate the work they put in. Make sure you We're say good. I said what's up. Will do. No doubt. With that, let me shift over there and let A.D. Drew jump in here with a follow-up question, Coach. Coach Wilson, how are you doing this morning? Doing good, brother. All right. And I always like to say this, you know, even though it was 2019, we still 
we still like to congratulate you on the uh, BCSN Small School Champion in 2019 for football. Yes, sir. We appreciate that honor for sure. And I'll bring that up to ask you this question. Let's talk, let's talk about your culture there. How, how, how do you do it when you consider that when we look at preseason polls, when we look at polls, when we look at the first thing you do, okay, where is Bowie State going to be ranked? Because now you have built that name as you when you look at certain things, you expect to see Bowie State football in there when you talk about the top teams in Division II football. I'm not just talking CIAA. I'm talking about o- overall. It's, tell us how, how you built that culture, especially – and what I like to say, the number one basketball conference, not only in Division Two, but possibly in college athletics. Period. You know, you know, it's 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 a process, like as you mentioned, and it's something that we set out when I first got in. Uh, had the opportunity to be a head coach at Bowie State in two thousand nine. We didn't want to just build a, 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 a have a winning season. We want to be, build a winning program. And that's something we've been able to do with the coaching staff and, and, and the guys from a recruiting standpoint, bringing the right people in to that matriculate in the classroom, buy into what we're doing on and off the football field. So those guys have given us an opportunity uh, to be in this place. And, you, and you're talking about preseason rankings and um, and living up to expectations. I think it's a, it's a great deal when you are ranked high coming into a season. And we look at it as just a responsibility to, to fulfill those expectations. You know, so for, for us, you know, we, we're expected to be in the championship game. It's our responsibility to do what's needed to get there. And that's something our guys understand. That's something we don't shy away from. And I uh, know we look forward to the challenge. But once again, this is a different ball club from 2019. Uh, so, you know, we're looking to win each day, win each game, and win a championship. You know, it's not about a, a three-peat because this team didn't play in 19. It's a different ball club. We had 24 seniors that left the program in 2019. So it's a different team. And we, we have different goals and different uh, agendas this upcoming this year. I really like that singular focus because um, you can cross over in disciplines about that approach. You know, I, I, I seek to try to tell my students that as they come through there is your ability to become an expert in your field is oftentimes related to your ability to be singular focus. And that's still, you know, being healthy with other things. You know, I don't want people to lose that context. But you're able to do that and speak about that on the field. And you see other coaches that, you know, are pushing for championships or had championships. They talk about that refrain. But your team is, has the ability to win in different styles. A defensive game that you won against Shawan, you go on the road and win a defensive physical prowess, and then you turn around and need to win a shootout. Right. I don't get it. But <laughs> um, share with us, let's start first on the defensive side, if you would, what are some of the players that make it go and get it done for you on the defensive side of the ball? Defensive, we have we have a very special group. Joshua Pryor is uh, our our main guy on defense, if you will. He's a a, a junior. He's a captain on our D lineman. Uh, Jonathan Ross is having a great year. Raymond Boone in the secondary, and Tevin Singleton, uh, Miles Wolford. I mean, we we have eleven guys that start, but we probably have another eleven right behind them that could easily be starters. Ooh. And, and they're and they're playing some selfless football, and that's that's one thing uh, that we had to talk about going into the season because we know we had talent at certain positions, and uh, we, you guys you guys have to be selfless. You know, you guys are going to have to one day it may be your turn, the next week it may be another guy's turn. And we set pretty much our starting inside linebacker versus Shawan because of what they did offensively. We put another defensive back in the game, and he and he he, he set understood what we were trying to get done, and that we were successful in, in, in accomplishing that goal. 
And this past week, you know, like you said, against Virginia State, it was a shootout. Offensively, you know, we, we, we ran the ball well. You know, we were able to score 50-some points. And I think we can do that each week uh, if, it's, if, if needed. But we want to play complimentary football and at the end of the day have one more point than another team. And that's always out, been our goal. You know, just we have one more point than another team. We'll be in great shape. We'll win the ball game. We'll come back and get ready the next week. But it's great to be able to, like you say, play sound defense, sound special teams, and score some points offensively. Before I shift and give it back to AD Drew, let's talk about you said that offense. Let's talk about some of the players on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Jerome Johnson, our quarterback, is probably the, the most mm-hmm. athletic guy in our program. Uh, he's one of the, uh, I would say, top players in Division Two. I mean, he has the ability to throw for 300 yards and also or rush for 200 yards, you know. So, you know, he's, he's pretty balanced. And Khalil Wilkins, our running back, is having a, a, a great year thus far. Uh, but, you know, and I know we don't go go anywhere without the O-line. You know, those big guys up front, we have a young O-line, uh, but those guys are really getting after it. But uh, we do have a senior in, in Justice Davis and Steph Stefani that, that is really leading us, uh, leading the charge. So I'm excited about our guys. And they, they work hard. And once again, they're, they're a family. And uh, uh, they push one another at practice as well as off the field as well. No doubt about it. A.D. Drew, go ahead. I want to shift back to that uh, defensive side of the, of the ball. And not necessarily the the schemes, but the the fundamentals. One thing I noticed this year, especially when you look at the teams who did not play in the spring, was poor tackling. Let's be real. There there were poor tackling, poor techniques, because the athletes lost their muscle memory and some of the things that are required to play this game at a high level. What is it about your team that you are one of the few teams that did not play in the spring who have found success, especially on the defensive side of the ball? What what was it that mm. you guys did going back to the summer and into fall camp that allowed you to have that success uh, on defense? Well, one thing we talked about as a staff is whatever staff came through on the other side of this pandemic as the most organized and most ready to play ball, we're going to have success. So we paid attention to the little things when we weren't able to practice. Then when we were able to practice, we, we still do a tackling circuit every day at practice. Now we're going to open practice up with a tackling cir- circuit and a turnover circuit every day. And that's something that, you know, we had to try to play catch up. And I think that hurt us the first game of the season with Delaware State. They played in the spring and we didn't play in the spring. And you saw the difference. You know, we had like six turnovers that game. We had some missed tackles, some poor special team play, and still lost the game by eight points. But that's something that, you know, we, we focused on during the summer months. We focused on uh, doing our Zoom meetings and that sort of thing. Just to tr- continue to reiterate to guys the importance of preparing your body, preparing your mind to play football. And as a staff, we had to come in this season somewhat uh, – somewhat organized to have a chance because none of us have gone through this before. I, I haven't missed a football season in 20 plus years. So it was definitely a challenge, uh, but we had to be extremely, uh, 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 I guess, extremely uh, diligent in what we were trying to get done to get prepared for our open season. Coach, I don't want to get too, too much into it because I, I know how y'all get into it, but I uh, appreciate you sharing it. But I, I got to bring this up. Willie Alex Hines chimes in on it. And, you know, my pockets are not very thick, you know, because, you know, my wife makes sure that, that she gets her share of the, you know, household <laughs> buying income. Mm-hmm. But uh, how much you going to charge me to put this Albany State, Bowie State matchup together 
I don't know, location, you want to sing a location, or is it, it can be a home and home, two years, you know, we find we'll put the trophy, maybe we can write some checks. We, we, we got to see this matchup. You know, I know I got my money at, but, you know, I'm just saying, can, can we get something like that? You know, I know the length is a little too far, NIA, I know that, but, you know, C-I-A-A-S-I-C, can we get that going? I would love to. You know, I would love to. We had the first two weeks of each season open with his non-conference play. So if one of those days work for uh, for the university, let's get it done. I love to. Right there, right there. Uh, let me shift it back to you for another question, Drew, and then we'll let Coach get back to his busy day. All right, all right, Coach. We know we know we know the coach speak one game at a time, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I need you to pull out your best uh, Willie Simmons from Florida A and M, and let's and, and let's start talking playoffs. You got you guys are in control of your own destiny as far as getting into the playoffs. So now we need to talk about seed. Talk to talk to the playoff committee where you should be seated at, why you should get a home game, all that stuff. I need you to send your program to the to the to the pollsters and the people who actually make the selections for Division Two football. Well, you know we we did a great job, in my opinion, of scheduling our non-conference opponents. You know, we played, like I said, Delaware State, a 1AA opponent, FCS opponent, uh, played New Haven, which is a very good program, and they've been on the winning streak uh, in an E10, and then we played Saginaw Valley. Saginaw Valley just lost to Ferris State by less than a touchdown a few weeks ago. We were able to uh, come out the game with a win against Saginaw Valley. We went into and played an uh, undefeated Shawan team with the number one offense in the country, and we came out with a W there, played a very tough Virginia State team, uh, just played a very tough Virginia Union team, so we played some uh, uh, some tough opponents, and I think you know we, we do what we need to do this week and the following week, and, and and have some success in the championship game. We definitely are are worthy of having a home game. I think our guys have done what what's needed uh, to this point. We must finish strong, but I think you can't talk about our non-conference schedule because we have one of the toughest non-conference schedules in D two football, uh, and play guys from three different conferences and uh, and including the FCS opponent. So I'm excited where we are. We set that schedule up for a reason. And I think our guys not only just represented the CIAA well, but represented D2 football well uh, when you're talking about uh, what we're able to do in those games. Coach, before we let you go, great framework thoughts certainly need to be out there. I don't know if you smoke, but, you know, keep doing what you're doing, and we'll make sure you get your own box, slowburnwaco.com. We'll make sure you get your cigar. Uh, you keep doing it, get those championships, conference, national, poll rankings. You know, we know what to do. Uh, yes. We don't necessarily do the trophies. We let that for the BCSN do the trophies, but we're going to send the box of cigars <laughs> so you can get down like you get down if you do that. So uh, you know make sure the coaches doing. know, do what they <laughs> do when it's coming. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know with, what we do? I appreciate it. Okay. With that, let me sneak one more in there and let me let you know before I put it out there, be careful how you answer this, coach. Be careful how you answer this. And <laughs> I understand if you can't. You know, we saw what you were going to do against Delaware State. You know, it, I'd hate to see that game played again. They may say the same thing themselves. Right. But uh, any conversation out you leaking, you might want to leak out there about the MEAC sneaking around the chicken coop trying to get y'all to move up to the FPS level. <laughs> I mean, there, there's a there's a lot of talk. You know, we're focused on what we're doing on the CIAA and at Bowie State University. But there, there's, there's a lot of talk. And I'm just glad to be in the conversations and our university get recognized for the things that we're doing on and off the football field. 
No doubt about it. I like the way you answered that. That's a good one, Coach. You are championship on many different levels. With that being uh, done, we'll let you go. We really appreciate the time, Coach. We love to bring you back on. Keep winning. Keep building that program. Keep doing what you're doing. Make sure you shout out to the coaches there. Uh, we respect what they're doing. Shout out to the players there. They're getting it done on the field and off the field academically. I see all that you're doing there, Coach. We're really proud of you. Really excited about you. Appreciate you taking your time out of your business schedule. Give us uh-huh. With that, final thing is, anybody that you want to shout out uh, or anything, questions we didn't ask you that you want to get out there to the people? Doug, I just appreciate what you guys are doing, man. You guys are doing a great job just covering uh, HBCU football and, and athletics as a whole, and, 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 and it's great. You know, it's a lot of talk about certain teams or certain programs right now, but uh, I, I appreciate you guys giving us an opportunity to talk about Little Old Bowie State. I think we're doing some good things, and I'm glad you guys gave us an opportunity to bring that to the light. Yeah, I know you said it jokingly because little old Bowie get little old Bowie stay buddy <laughs> <laughs> play with him if you want to. This is Dr. Will inside the HBCU Sports Lab. We're going to our halftime break after a great interview with Coach Wilson, getting it done as the head football coach at Bowie State, as they say around there, little old Bowie. Let him pull you if you want to. We'll be right back after this quick break. Thanks, Coach. Sugar Chateau Desserts is a specialty bakery located in the Charlotte, North Carolina metro area. We will create delicious and one-of-a-kind treats for any occasion. Sugar Chateau is currently shipping cakes in a jar, offering a variety of different flavors in a single-serve container that can help you celebrate in accordance with social distancing. Place your orders today by calling 803-526-7895 or visiting SugarChateauDesserts.com. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Pika in downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. So we've got a Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to allow that. And who the ball, ball, So listen to Professor Yesa and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill inside HBC Sports Lab with. Charles Bishop, he's in the building. I told you the man is one of the hardest working men in the business, the HBCU sports, covering it all, dedicated to one, covering it all, and giving you insights that you can't get 
Then another one of the hardest working men in business, he makes sure you get the Division Two, SIEC, CIAA, and all the vaccine stuff, AD Drew. So let's get into it. Second half of the show, let's get into some of these matchups that happened this weekend. Boy, there were some big scores, hurt feelings, all kinds of things, homecoming, not working out like some people wanted. Yeah, Ooh. everybody don't get the cigar, slowburnwaco.com. Charles, I know we said this was for classics. We snuck in some homecoming. Do we get a cigar for those teams that go and ruin somebody's homecoming? Is you gotta get home? you gotta get a cigar for for teams that ruin homecoming. You you gotta give them cigars. You, that 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 counts. That counts. All right. Like, yeah. Uh-oh. So whatever y'all need to say about cigar to, to Jackson, uh, Tennessee, to the Lane Dragons, then. Oh, yeah, they get theirs. They get theirs. Shout out. Hey, I told you to keep you updated on your Division Two updates. That's a big one. That was a big one. A lot of whole folks hurt feelings over there, Tuskegee. A lot of hurt feelings on the bluff. Up there in D.C. is uh, Mike would call it the big old festival. They had their homecoming up there at Howard. <laughs> it didn't work out too well either. But let's get in this first matchup. It was homecoming, Raleigh, North Carolina, Durham, Durham County Memorial Stadium, CIAA. Uh, it was homecoming from no, uh, number six, Shaw Bears. So this one, they get it right. Johnson Smith falls to 0-7, 0-5 in the conference race. Uh, but Bears improved to 5-3, 4-0 as the number six, Shaw Bears, defeat Johnson Smith Bulls 20-14. to Let me start with you, Drew. What were your thoughts in terms of this matchup? I know in a lot of ways, you probably figured that Shaw would get it done. Did they do it? As much as you want to, it's a little closer than probably some people thought, 2014. Yeah, the, ga- the game was a little bit closer than I uh, thought. Was not able to watch it online, but I was able to, uh, you know, to follow the score throughout the day. And, you know, Johnson C. Smith tried to make, make the game interesting, but the, the score was not as really close as, as it appeared mm-hmm. as, you know, Johnson Shaw was up 17-7 going into the fourth quarter, you know. So, got it. J- Johnson C. Smith did what they did, but un- unfortunately, Johnson C. Smith is is like everybody's date for homecoming. It, it, it seems like <laughs> so you go you go through October, you look at Johnson C. Smith's road schedule, HC, HC, HC. You know that's that that's what you look for when you're when you're a bull. Wow. With that being nice. said, yeah, great point, Charles. It's tough life to be in a golden bull right now. Charles, what are your thoughts on this score 2014 uh, in terms of this matchup? When is expected, I imagine, as you thought? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it did go uh, pretty much as expected. Uh, I, I figured uh, Shaw would come out on, on, on top end on that one. But, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't expecting the, the score to be what it was. The shocker for me yesterday over there uh, was Elizabeth City. And, and, and Chawan, I did not see that coming whatsoever. So then Chawan now has lost uh, two in a row, three, and, uh, three in a row. Yeah, they're they're reeling right now. So uh, I, I don't know if there's injuries or whatever the case might be, but they are a different ball club than the one that I thought would be fighting it out over there in, in the north. Man, I know it. Shout out. Let me get this out of here. Shout out, Tim. Getting it done. That's Tim Thorne, Prairie View and m big-time alumni. Uh, he gets it done, sponsors different things, supports the team uh, with his presence, not only his checkbook. Some of us don't have checkbooks as big as uh, Tim, but, you know, we do what we do. 
microwave listening in as they driving back. Y'all have a safe ride back, safe travels, as we say. Thank you for checking us out. With that, let's go in. Wait, 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 wait. You, you got some people with some, some victory drives back today? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah those, those are good drives. Those are good drives. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Clay out there of 1876 rolling. <laughs> Uh, Austin as well. They teamed up. They made that trip. Sent plenty of pictures. They made sure a lot of folks saw that scoreboard. At the end. <laughs> hey, can we get enough of these scoreboard pictures? Yeah, it was quiet on the bluff. They still got the party in. You know, they know what they're doing, but not quite yeah. like they want it. Let's go Ain't to no Arizona. fun when the rabbit got the gun. So. Not at all. Let's go to Arizona. Surprise Arizona, as they call it. Spirit Field. Independent SIEC game of the week, mid-major-wide. Number one, Langston Line. Two undefeated teams coming in at that point. Langston Lions improved to uh, 7-0, 6-0, while Ottawa Spirits fall to 6-1 and 6-1 in the conference race. The number one Langston Lions defeat Ottawa Spirit 44-41 on honordon.com. They had the scores reversed, but if you go check out Langston Lions Twitter, they got it done. So big victory as they step on the road and take control of the conference division. Number one team, Langston Lions, continue uh, to surprise a lot of folks. I think they should be talked about a little more than you think about The scary thing about this team is they're young. Let me stick with you, Charles. What are your thoughts on this match? You know, uh, as Mike Washington say, now that's the data point that I was looking for. Uh, anytime they went on the road and they took on one of the top quarterbacks in the country uh, with Ottawa and, and to go on the road and get that win, kudos to Langston. So, uh, you know, the, I Mike wants to always uh, uh, bring a, another team into that Langston sphere. <laughs> I think Langston put that down yesterday. They they have uh, showed why they are the number one team in, in Dr. Bill's mid-major poll. Uh, that, that was that was macho yesterday. You got, got it done on the road. I was very curious about that game because you saw um, two of the better defenses, I think, in, in Division Two, And then you have uh, 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 the young man from, uh, from Ottawa who was one of the better quarterbacks in the nation. I believe he was uh, somewhere in the top uh, two or three in the nation in Division uh, in, in, in NAI. Austin McCullough is the name. Austin McCullough, yeah, for him to get it done, for Langston to get it done, tremendous job. So kudos to Langston. Way to go. Drew, as we get close to this break, give me your thoughts on this matchup. You talked about the quarterback a little earlier. Impressive. And you said, too, links and lines should be talked about more. Go ahead, Drew. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Well, first of all, you know, you talked about two of these top defenses, Charles. Unfortunately, the defense is – you couldn't tell when you have over 1,000 yards combined between mm. the, the two teams <laughs> with over 600 yards, the other team with 400 and some odd yards. I'm really trying to figure out who had the more impressive day, fellas. Listen to some of these totals. Larry Harrington, the quarterback for Langston, 14 of 26, 296 yards passing, four touchdowns, one INT. Add to that 12 rushes for for 86 yards, excuse me, for 84 yards. That's that's a pretty good day. Except when you look at his teammates. Running back to Jerry Jackson, 34 attempts, 238 yards on the ground, two touchdowns, and to add to, just to add a little bit of spice to it, two catches for 47 yards. Who had the better day? I would say both. 
that's a hard. That's a hard hey, coin. You you go for two bills. That's a good day. <laughs> you rush for two bills. Anybody rush for two bills? I'm 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 gonna lean toward you because yeah, it's one against the other ten on that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, pretty good. 285 yards uh, combined, or uh, with your running back, uh, all purpose yards, or your quarterback who combines for uh, 370 yards passing and rushing. Nice. That, 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 that's, it's going to be tough to figure out which one of them is going to be the small school player of the week because I don't even need to look at anybody else's uh, team or anybody else's stats. It's going to be one of those two. Great point. And that's going to be a tough decision. See what the voters say. With that being said, CIAA mid-major division game of the week and the SIC mid-major game of the week. These were top 10 matchups, but both teams made a statement in terms of how they handled their top 10 matchups. You had the slight upset in terms of SIAC with number four over number three, at least in terms of rankings. A lot of people thought it was Albany State going in, but certainly you had number two taking care of business against Virginia Union. That one score was 27 to 7. And in SIC, it was Albany State, the Golden Rams, shutting out uh, Savannah State in that oh. matchup 30 0. So, with that being said, let me go to you, Drew, and break down CIAA, SIC. What were your thoughts in terms of what happened in those matchups? And then we'll turn to you, Charles. Uh, let, 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 let's, stay with, let's stay with the SIC. Albany State has solidified themselves as the beast in the East. Yes, I, I had Albany State defeating Savannah State. I told y'all Savannah State uh, in the third quarter has been not inconsistent, has not been around in the third quarter of any game. Little did I know that that was going to expand out to all four quarters as Albany State just totally dominated Savannah State. And when you talk about a team like Albany State, once they get the lead, once they get up on you by two scores, oh, the game is over because they're going to short that game. They're going to keep that ball on the ground. Good luck good luck trying to stop them. They're not going to put the ball on the carpet. You know, so I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to leave the CIAA game to Charles. No, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to talk about okay, the SIC game because that, to me, uh, spoke volumes with Albany State uh, uh, knocking off Savannah State. I, I did not – think that game would turn out the way it did in terms of a shutout. And like you said, they solidified themselves in terms of being the beast of the East. Uh, but, you know, the thing that I guess sticks out for me with Auburn State is the, the balance that they have, a tremendous offense and one of the top defenses in the conference and a shutout to a team that I thought would give them all that they could handle. You spoke volumes on, 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 on that October day. So I, I give all the credit to Auburn State. That, that was a hell of a win. Yeah, it was. It was very impressive. We talked to Coach, and he said he has gun and will travel. I said I didn't have a big stack, but I said I need to see that Bowie State Bulldogs Auburn State matchup. I don't care if it's a single game, neutral site, or if it's a home and home two years in a row. He said, let's go. So we'll see if we can get that going and get that message to the Auburn State Golden Rams coach. I figure he thinks the same way about his program in the SIC. We need yeah, that SIC CIAA. <laughs> I might have to get to the two uh, conference commissioners. You know, I got a little spot over there in the SIC as Commissioner Show Me Love, Commissioner Gregory Moore. That's Brother Moore, as they would say, out of the fraternities of Alpha Phi Alpha fraternity. We'll see if we can get it going on. 
with that, what? let's go to this break. We're running a little behind. This is Dr. Mill inside the HBC Sports Lab. We'll come back. We'll get Drew's final comments there. And then we'll get into the major division game. Got a lot to talk about there. Stick with us. We'll oh, be right, right back after this break. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Shop Velvet Online Women's Boutique to spice up your closet with trendy, unique looks. We have fashionable and chic looks at very affordable prices. Velvet Boutique offers free shipping all year long on all orders. Shop online at www.melvetboutique.com. That's www.melvetboutique.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Shop Velvet Online Women's Boutique. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service with Slowburn. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. It's more than a mobile lounge, it's an environment and an experience rich in history luxury and personality an elegant extension of any celebration occasion it's the perfect escape and meeting place a space where you can relax or enjoy a shared passion have slow burn plan your next big event or before you are planning to celebrate your win over your athletic rival you can shop our collections at www.slowburnwaco.com but if they want to tap, uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Just an analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah. And who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor, uh, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike Washington is on assignment. Charles has joined us, getting off of his assignment. And we also have the venerable, as they would call him, A.D. Drew, bringing it uh, like he does with the Brian and A.D. sports rap and all other things that he puts on his plate. With that being said, we just talked about the slow burn, Waco.com. Well, cigar is going to go since we've added this. If you ruin a homecoming, the Bulldogs, they did just that. Delaware State Hornets, they go down there and take care of business 13-7. Look out. As many have said it, once they get in the conference play, we say watch out for the Bulldogs, 3-4, and 2-0. and oh. They find a way to get it done. It was probably closer than some people thought. It was a struggle. Uh, but defensively, they won a game on that side of the ball, defeating the Hornets 13-7. to seven. Let me stick with you, Charles. What are your thoughts on this match? Yeah, you talk about a defensive game, South Carolina State, Delaware State. Uh, but that, that duo, Corey Fields and Shaq Davis, was able to get it done uh, in this game, 13-7. to seven. But uh, now we get to see how much fun the MEAC can be now that they've gotten into some, some conference play. Uh, first data point yesterday, South Carolina State gets it done uh, at Delaware State. That was a huge win because that is a much more improved Delaware State team that we're watching right now. Drew? 
I, when I take a look at this game, I had to look and see, are these stats correct? South Carolina State, 27 attempts for one net yard. Right? <laughs> Got to do it through you the know, this, this is the South. This is the South Carolina State team who traditionally we don't pass anywhere, including on the interstate. So, <laughs> make, makes you wonder what is going on in Owensburg, where they can't seem to get together on the offensive side of the ball, which has put their traditionally excellent defense into some bad spots. Uh, we came into the season. South Carolina State was the team to beat. The BX was South Carolina State to lose. Looks like they are trying to lose it as Norfolk has now become the uh, the BX favorite at this point in time. Hey, Tony, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that with Norfolk State and Howard. And Charles may push you back a little bit. Before we get in this, we got to get in this Big South matchup that now features HBCUs. Number six, North Carolina A&T falls to three and four in two and two in the conference race at Hampton Pirates that raised their record to three and four and one and two. Yes, Charles, Hampton Pirates defeat the mighty North Carolina A&T State Aggies. Previous ranked number six, I doubt that will happen this week as we talk a little bit, maybe just how far they fall. But the Pirates dominated the Aggies 30 to nine. Yeah, with that big little look, let me go straight to you, Charles, first. What are your thoughts about this? Well, the first and foremost, we got to find Lonnie Shaw. Is he on the line today? Where are my Aggies? Now, I know. (laughs) I know the past three, four years, the Aggies have been running the roost in the MIAC, and we we had to move on. Y'all can have it. Y'all can have a celebration. Wait a second now. That, that, That wasn't supposed to happen to Hampton. Uh-oh. No, 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 no. No, Aggie Pride. We got, we got, well, I need some Aggies to show up. I, I don't see them right now. But that's, that's a huge win in Hampton. Uh, that, uh, that was a surprising score. I did not expect to see that yesterday as I'm following, the, you know, scores and I see the swag scores. Flip over and take a look, you know. And then something told me to check Big South real quick. And I, I just assumed it was misprint. Uh, and I started trying to look around to see, you know, where, where, where I could, uh, you know, research and find, you know, uh, the right score. And sure enough, Hampton, they got it done. That was a huge win over North Carolina NT. And I don't know. I, I don't know where NT is finding the offense right now. Uh, that's two weeks in a row now where they have absolutely uh, thrown a dud out there on the field from an offensive standpoint. So they've got to figure it out. They've got to get back to those uh, run game principles or whatever the case might be. But right now they just don't look like the A&T that we've come to know and love. Yes, Drew, that offensive line, uh, both defensively and offensively, but especially offensively, is just not getting it done. What are your thoughts in terms of the outcome of this game? When I got uh, to the uh, post homecoming event that I that I was at and logged into the uh, watch party, and I asked Brian to uh, give me the update on on the scores at that point in time, since I had been uh, preoccupied with the uh, Tuskegee Lane game, and he just went down and started reading the scores, and he he gave this score, and he said something else, and I say I hop say hold up what what did you just say? 
not that Hampton beat A&T, but they beat A&T like that. And then I'll go and look at I'll go and look at the stats of the game. Statistically, it was a it, it looked like it was a pretty even game. Hampton even had three turnovers in the game. And they but A&T laid an egg. Like I said, we don't know what's going on in Aguilab. Maybe uh, you know, maybe the move has been more psychological for the players than some people. Expected, you know, not playing in front of these uh, capacity crowds and the atmosphere has uh, suddenly changed. And, you know, I believe they've got Monmouth coming up this week. What is a greatest homecoming on earth going to look like in Aggieland, especially coming off of two losses in a row? Mm. Is it still? And they're not doing a traditional homecoming. Also, with a lot of the events going to be virtual for the greatest homecoming on earth. I hope it's not the greatest dud on earth this week for Aggies doing homecomings. Speaking of the duds and homecomings that are turned into <laughs> home goings, wow. uh, Ricky Burden says, uh, since homecomings are turning into home goings, he says, I hope we can wreck Fan Muse homecoming this weekend. After <laughs> I had that grand fan. I like that. I like Pro- that. Protect your homecomings because homecomings have yeah, been, been coming home. up short. <laughs> That needs to be a hashtag. Protect your homecoming. Yeah, protect your homecoming now. Get in these last two matches, me at Swack, before we call it a show. Man, it's been great. Great dialogue. We talked a little bit about this, but let's go a little deeper. The number four North State, Norfolk State Spartans defeat Howard Bison 45-31. Shootout. Um, it did get down to seven points several times. Big plays back and forth, but Norfolk State can score. We know that. Uh, maybe they have a little problem stopping people, but they can score. Looks like Charles wanted to push back a little bit on South Carolina State. As you do that, tell me what are your thoughts on this Norfolk State Spartans uh, matchup against Howard Bison? Another one of those home home going games with them wrecking Howard University's fall festival, as Mike Washington likes to call it. Yeah, you know, I I think the final score doesn't doesn't really say – the, uh, to the back and forth uh, that Norfolk State and Howard had. Uh, I thought it was a tremendous game. I, I was very impressed by Howard uh, being able to fight back, fight back, and keep making those big plays. You know, both teams kept throwing haymakers, but hats off to Juwan Carter, Pooley Carter, man, 26-29. Uh, and he had a, a tremendous streak uh, where uh, consecutive completions, another 300-yard game. You know, this Norfolk State team, is almost looking swaggish uh, in terms of the way they can run up and down the field, you know, in that wide open offense. But uh, that's going to be interesting once they come across, I think, a a defense that that has the the, the skill set athletes that can run with them. That's going to be uh, very interesting. So that's why I push back a little bit with South Carolina State. I think you know South Carolina State they can they can. They, there's more in the tank for South Carolina State's defense, so that's going to be a tremendous matchup when they when they finally see each other. Um, Bernie out there, Barney out there, hashtag protect your homecoming. Yeah, I pin that to the top. Drew, what <laughs> you, uh, you say that uh, Norfolk State's offense is looking rather swackish. Hmm. Let me sit here and think about if I can figure out why their offense is looking rather swackish. Maybe have something to do with their head coach spending so much time in the swag. I mean, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know, fellas. And, uh, 
you know, but 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 it brings up an interesting thing. Will that type of offense work up in the Northeast long term as come, going from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, whether whether it tends to still be mild as you get into November, you can play that type of offense. There's a reason why these MIAC teams rely more heavily on their run game because when you're up in D.C., Virginia, and places like that for those November games and those those gusts of wind and sometimes even snow, are you going to be able to throw the ball 50 times a game in in that type of weather? Let's let's see if Norfolk can uh, do that, but right now, Norfolk is the class of the MIAC with the limited data points. I say with the limited data points, South Carolina State is is, is still in there. So that may change come deep November when the weather turns. Well, that's that's that last weekend matchup with South Carolina State going to Norfolk State. If they can hold on to this spot, well, that's going to be a very interesting uh, game of the week that ultimately could come down to who's going to take the trip to Atlanta for the celebration bowl. So I'm here for it. But and they got to Exactly. You talked about the fact that uh, the southern region, Baton Rouge area, you talked about, well, we're going to go to that matchup now in terms of another team that turned homecoming into homegoing in Baton Rouge, A.W. Mumford, as the number two Premier and them Panthers, 1876. Go to six and one, five and zero oh in the conference race as uh, they defeat the number eight Southern Jaguars that now fall to three and four, two and two. Yes, two losses in the conference division. It's a tough road for Southern, and the conference schedule just gets tougher as Prairie View takes a week off before they prepare for their last big road trip. You would think in terms of divisional matchup against Alcorn State Braves, that could be a classic game as well. But let's stick to this one. As Prairie View gets it done on the road in all seriousness, defeating the Jaguars and doing it in a statement fashion, winning 48 to 21. Let me stick with you, Drew. What were your thoughts in terms of the score and this matchup, homecoming going to homegoing? Well, you know, through the first two, two and a third quarters, two and, two and a quarter quarters, just into the early third quarters, it, it, was, it was a fairly competitive, fairly, fairly close game with the score being as close as 21-14 uh, early in the third quarter with 11 minutes to go in, in the third quarter. But then you have a Prairie View and Juwan Pass who go on a 24-point unanswered run before Prairie View is finally put able to put up a – excuse me, Prairie View. Southern is able to finally put up a garbage-time touchdown to bring the final score to 21-48. For a game that the experts Vegas had as a pick'em game, I hope you picked the right side in this game. Because if you did, you you came out this game with uh, we'll just say with enough money to get an extra cigar. If if you didn't, <laughs> you're gonna be passing your cigar on to some someone else. We'll just leave it at that. Mm. Yeah, you might mm. get your box of cigars if you did it right. Yes, yeah. slowburnwaco.com, no doubt about it. But I can't pick the open this game. Yes, yes. Let me go to Charles Bishop. We don't encourage better lines, but we certainly will discuss it. Charles Bishop. <laughs> well, you, you know what? Uh, 
what was interesting with, with this game is Prairie View have found another gear. And that's the thing that makes them scary to me. Um, when you are, the, this was a nip and tuck game, I think, through the first half. And then once we got into the second half, wherever they found that extra gear, they did find that extra gear. And that, that, that separates some teams, you know, when it's like, okay, enough is enough. And, and you put your foot on the gas. And, and that's what we saw with this uh, Prairie View team. They, they were able to stop the run, I think, in the second half. Uh, what I was following in the first half was, you know, how was uh, Southern's offensive line going to lean on the Prairie View defensive line? And it, it was a battle of wills when you're talking about the number 16 uh, rushing in the nation going against the number 10 defense in the nation. Uh, and it was a very interesting matchup because I wanted to see how Prairie View would be able to handle this four-headed monster that can be Kobe Dillon, that could be Jared Sims, that could be uh, Devon Ben and Craig Nelson. And to their credit, you know, um, they did a tremendous job, I think, in in slowing down Southern's run game. And then Southern just this year just does not have the defense to uh, sustain uh, their their offensive prowess. Uh, it's just it's it's tough to watch a team that was doing tremendous things in the spring uh, really get gashed. It's as, it's as though it's a different sort of defense that you're looking at. I'm not sure what exactly is going on on the defensive side of the ball, but to Prairie View's credit, they took advantage of what they needed to do, and they put their foot on the gas, and they they choked them out in the second half. You, you just got to give them credit. And that's what makes this uh, all-corn Prairie View matchup in a couple of weeks it's going to be a tremendous matchup. Uh, these are both teams that, you know, uh, Alcorn shows their, uh, their championship pedigree uh, because it doesn't matter how, how down they might be. They figure out a way to get themselves back in the game and make it a competitive game. And we saw that against UAPB, they were able to overcome, you know, whatever things that were going on with in regards to the game and, and, and come back. And then Prairie, the, the upstart, I think, in the SWAC West. Uh, we we see now how scary they can be. And everybody should take notice of this Prairie View football team. This is a very, very good football team. They're explosive on offense, and they're very, very good on defense, very fast on defense. And they were able to stop a really, really good rushing attack. Even though the final stats say 130 yards, they were really able to slow them up in the second half. Great points made by both. Hashtag protect your homecoming. With that being said, four of the top five teams put up 40-plus points in their matchups, um, including the number five off-point state Braves traveling Houston, defeating Texas Southern Tigers 44, which sets up for an intriguing matchup next week. We'll get into this week with Alcorn traveling to the bluff to face Southern, a wounded Southern. Will Southern stand up? It'll be interesting. And then a week after that, you have the Panthers, top five team traveling to now a top five team in the Alcorn State Braves, which makes it interesting. But let's go over to the East, where the number one team, Jackson State, got it done. We talked about FAMU getting a scare uh, at number three, but the number one team got it done, putting up a Florida spot after going down nine, nothing, without their head coach, Coach Prime, they put together a, a run that really was impressive after going down. Let me pass the mic to Drew to first talk about Jackson State Tigers, and then we'll let Charles close it out to give us insight on the number one Jackson State Tigers getting it done without head coach, Coach Prime. I, I, I want Charles to uh, tell us uh, which one of those coaches on the sideline 
FaceTime Coach Prime doing one of those huddles when they was all together so Coach Prime could get into those uh, Jackson State uh, Tigers butts and get them in the gear after they were down uh, 9 nothing because they just came out they came out flat, uh, and part of that may be due to not having your leader there. And it's natural to come out flat with, without your leader and people do, doing different roles, you know. And so I expect them to come out a little a little flat. And but thank God, mm. Jackson State finally was able to get into gear, get back to doing what they what they were doing because somebody's also trying to be. You know, somebody feels like they have to step up to be the hero when your leader is not there. And it's just ironic that the players who stepped up to be leaders just happened to have the same last nine, last name as their leader. Charles? You know, the, the what what is the very interesting I did thing like about- the way that you uh, snuck that in there, Drew. I'm sorry about that before I pass back to Charles. You're right. The Sanders boys, they made sure that people do – uh, Santa's name was still in the house. Go ahead, Charles. Yeah, I, I think Coach Prime p- puts a big preeminence on, on winning each quarter. Winning each quarter. That's something that, that he preaches uh, uh, every week. Uh, this is another quarter that they didn't win. That's the first quarter. Uh, I'm not sure what, what the answer is or, or whatever the case might be as to uh, why they come out flat at times, but uh, it just took a little while to get in gear. And the thing that really stands out with regards to this team, there's never any panic. There's never any panic whatsoever. Uh, Down nine, nothing. And the prevailing attitude was, okay, enough. Let's get in the gear. Let's do what we do. And let's just, you know, come back and win the next quarter. And that's simply what happened. They, they, they have the ability to find another gear, both on the offensive side of the ball and especially on the defensive side of the ball. You know, Doc, I told you last week, you know, this Jackson State defense, and hopefully we can put it to bed, you know, who's the better defense between FAMU and Jackson State. Because, I, you know, just taking a look at it, I'll just be very honest with you about that. <laughs> they, 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 they give you an opportunity to score and get your score, but you, you right at that, that, that average, that 12.6 points per game, that's about it. That's it. You know, they have the ability to really mash the gas and really come after the quarterback. And this is rinse and repeat every week. You know, stop the run, make a team one-dimensional, get after the quarterback. And yesterday, for the first time, they were able to get some uh, interceptions. Uh, yesterday actually was the, the uh, only time that they uh, had got an interception this season. So uh, they were able to go out there and get two. And uh, like I said, uh, Shador, uh, the, the, the thing that makes him – uh, grown as they call him he's never too up never too down uh nine nothing deficit hey guys let's let's get in the gear and once they figured out some protection schemes uh where he was going to be comfortable uh in the pocket they went to work and what's very interesting about this team they've developed another uh big plate threat in malachi widen uh this young man uh is a go-getter he can really get down the field and then he worked a little bit in the slot yesterday, gave uh, issues to Bethune Cookman in the slot as well. So he has gotten a lot more uh, uh, familiar with the offense since the beginning of the season. And now you're starting to see uh, his athletic ability. He laid out for one that was beautiful yesterday. 
And he is going to be a real matchup problem because uh, he has the ability to go up in high point balls. Uh, but we've seen him now running routes and, and making catches and making runs after catches. So you add him to the mix, of course, with Keith Corbin, uh, who has missed a consistency for Jackson State. And you still haven't really seen Josh Lanier, uh, the transfer from Alabama. He has the ability to get behind defenses as well. They missed him on a couple of deep shots last week. What is concerning about Jackson State, Running game was not able to get on track yesterday. Hats off of Bethune-Cookman. They did a great job of, of really uh, choking off the running game yesterday. Bethune-Cookman does that really well. They choke off yeah. the run. They've done it in Prairie View. Uh, we're right up on it. We're giving overtime, so let's let's get out of here. Uh, Drew, quickly, uh, but before you do that, wanted to shout out the Florida Memorial, who won their first football game since 1958. Congratulations to Coach Tim Ice Harris and the Florida Memorial Band. Uh, that is representing around those parts as well uh, in the deep, greater Miami area. Drew, quickly, what did you have uh, that you wanted to share with the listeners? I was going to say, and this this for one of these shows this week, the debate may not be who has the better defense, Jackson State or Fairview. The debate may need to be who has the better defense on their level, Jackson State or Albany State. Ah, Nice one, nice one. D1, D2 debate of HBCU teams. We can get into that this week. With that being said, uh, wanted to shout out some things, games to watch. We said a little bit about, uh, obviously, Southern and Alcorn, but let's run down the schedule. Big one in what you call the OVC as Tennessee State uh, is winning some games. They're, they're back in the mix. Murray State, uh, Tennessee State, Murray State three and four, Tennessee State four and three now on the season in terms of what they're getting done. So it'll be fascinating to see how that continues to stand up. And then in the MEAC, as they get into full gear, uh, loading it up this season, you have uh, Howard at Delaware State, Morgan State at Norfolk, South Carolina State at North Carolina Central. That one may be interesting as North Carolina Central did get the win. It was over Morgan State that struggles, but uh, we saw what um, South Carolina State was just able to get out of Norfolk State. So I had my eyes kind of on that one. I think Norfolk State will get it done at home against Morgan State. And it'll be interesting to see how in the Delaware State, who comes out of that with a win to kind of restart their program maybe for next year. Then we get into the swag where it continues to be matchups galore week in and week out. Week nine features Arkansas Pine left for Texas Southern University. Uh, Texas Southern needs the win. They they had showed some glimpse against Southern. Pine Buff, they want to get in the win column, although that's a team that's outside of the race. It's important for those two teams and coaches to get into that. We had a Magic City Classic as the Classics get back in the fold. Alabama A&M and Alabama State, both coaches in that game need those wins as well. Grambling goes on the road to FAMU. FAMU has their first SWAC homecoming with a perennial power, Grambling is not what they are, but can they sneak around that chicken coop and continue the refrain of making that homecoming into homecoming? We'll see. Jackson State at Mississippi Valley. You see what Valley's doing. They continue to brew. Everybody laughed at Valley Valley. People not saying that much anymore. Uh, as the If nothing else, that defense for Valley is serious, especially that when they're true. playing at home, and this game is in the Delta. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Coach Prime will not be there. You would think Jackson State does what they do, but this is one of those robberies, not necessarily in record, but in terms of how you think about your opponent, it's certainly the case. And then you have the robbery galore, the one on the bluff, all point state Braves and Southern. Southern wants to right the ship. They would do nothing else but to get that monkey off their back of all 
the straight losses to Alcorn. Alcorn wants this game so they can stay in the race. Obviously, they still have the ability to get some things done uh, with the following week's matchup. But that'll do it for us. Things to look at this week at the major division level. We'll give you some showcases of the mid-majors at the level. Check with us on Tuesday and Thursday. Thank you for listening as we gave you some overtime love today. Inside the HBC Sports Lab, make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Kenyatta Kabil, the dean of HBC Sports, coming from inside the lab in the College of HBC Sports with Mike Watson, Charles Bishop, A.D. Drew out there. Again, prayers to B.J. Jones and his family and all those that are in need of prayer this week. Uh, our institutions as well in terms of past homecomings, tragedies that's going around. Let's take care of one another. Let's keep it going. Enjoy what we do but also make sure that we stand strong for our communities, uh, our institutions, and each other. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Ville's Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop every Tuesday and Thursday from 6 to 7. On Sundays, you know we're right here at 9 o'clock. We get you up early before church. Shout out to Coach Damon Wilson, Bowie State, for his great interview. We look forward to next week as we discuss the latest news in the lab. Follow me, Dr. Inyata Cavill, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1, that's Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Like, subscribe, let's go. Inside the HBC Sports Lab on YouTube and Facebook. Dream big and continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. This is the quiz every week. Joe Clay, I'm talking to you. Get with the quiz, man. You plug him quiz. We're gonna put that F squared in your life. AD Drew. Class, I'll be course. I had to do that Joe Clay impression. We're <laughs> <laughs> gonna get this too. Charles. Lecture. Dismiss. Thank y'all.